0: All right, everybody Vinny Fisher here back with another total CEO hey today I wanted to talk to you about not the calves and how awesome we are but I want to talk about this idea of conversion your funnel your what's automated in your business that allows for you to work on the part where you're the trusted advisor what it is you do in your business where you provide value to somebody else and you know what I have an expert a friend great company. Justin Christensen on the line. Justin, welcome to the show, buddy.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, man. Justin
0: is the CEO. He's got a partner. They own a company called Conversion Fanatics. And I'll tell you, a bunch of our clients use you guys. So we are like connected through all types of things. We hear about your name all the time. And I've known you forever or not forever, but seems like a long time in this world. And I think at one point you were even a you and your I know your partner were an affiliate for some of our products back in the day. And so it seems like we've been connected for a long time. Well, I'm hearing yeah, more and more about you. What's that?
1: I said yes, we have been connected for a while.
0: All right. Before we get deep into this, give me and our listeners. Our watchers you know we're on a live show so we will have all the links but I like to say it out loud for all those like other entrepreneurs on there who want to look and serve while they're listening to you but Mm -hmm. give us the commercial about Justin.
1: well I've been marketing for about 15 years Um, full-time since about 2005 or so kind of failed my way through this whole marketing world Um, had a very successful info publishing company that I sold in 2009 Uh, back to my partners and kept getting asked about optimization and conversions and implementation and all of these things that I had published some previous information on. And uh, from there, just based on demand, you know, what is now Conversion Fanatics was pretty much born.
0: And that's a full service agency. And what's Mm -hmm. its sweet spot? What does it do?
1: Um, So we really take care of the heavy lifting around implementing split tests and user experience optimization and usability testing and things like that to really help our visitors or our clients visitors um, find what they're looking for easier and so, help so them do you build out the
0: experience or do you take a built out one and make it better
1: we take a built out one and really make it better that's our cool. sweet spot you've got you know 100 sales coming in a day or you know you got 30,000 plus people come into your site every month um, we'll generally make it better.
0: Awesome. And so this year, you wrote a book, Conversion Fanatics?
1: Yes. Conversion Fanatic, How to oh, Double Your... Oh, customers,
0: sorry. No oh. S. Conversion Fanatic, mm-hmm. How to Double Your Customer's Sales and Profits Through A-B Testing. There it Before is. Before we go too far, this A-B testing. Everyone talks about test, test, test. How, let's, let me ask you an honest question without okay. beating up too badly on your clients or the prospects. How many people are really testing?
1: Not, a, not very many. Less than 5%? I would say it's probably in that 5 to 10% range.
0: Yeah, so people talk of your game, but is it one because they don't have enough traffic or they just don't have someone dedicated to
1: testing? It's a lot of work. <laughs> so, they just, it gets pushed down the priority list so much because bandwidth issues and, you know, you're so busy chasing fires pretty much. Yeah. You're you're not focusing yeah. on the actual growth elements.
0: Got it makes total sense to me. All right. So um, where do we find you? If like, while we're listening, where's the best place of like, someone's really intrigued by your first little commercial there, where do they go?
1: Uh, Conversionfanatics.com. You can find everything. The book, you can find everything over there.
0: All right. So that's the best place to go. Guys, conversionfanatics.com is the place to go. You can find out about Manish and Justin and their whole crew and all the things they do for you. Put a simple request in there and get to one of you guys and start the process, right? They can read the book live the dream, the whole deal. You also have something kind of cool there, what you do to help new people looking in. And you have this uh, way of doing it. It's it's an offer. It's kind of like even a gift you want to give to our crew that we were talking about. What's that?
1: So we do a complimentary conversion analysis, basically, where we're going to go in,
0: in, look at the stuff and provide feedback. How does that work?
1: Yeah. So we'll go on Basically, look at your entire user journey on your site. Look at things. We can even go as far as getting access to analytics, uh, to where we're going to look at everything. Your heat maps, everything. And we're going to boil it down, kind of find your key problem areas, come up with you know a couple dozen test ideas for your site based on you know the thousands that we have conducted in the past, and kind of looking at your site, we kind of know you know what's going to work yeah. and what's awesome. work, at least generally things that but should be
0: and so, people take you up on this, they'll do the thing, and then you have a certain conversion rate of the free gift into clients, right? hmm Yeah, cool. So, I love that. Uh, when did you start doing that?
1: Um, actually, we started doing it after I met with you in Chicago. <laughs> cool. Cool. <laughs> uh, when up there, We started kind of giving that away as our our value add, I, I guess. Love it. I love it. You Has know, that whether been they really hire out? us or not, we don't care. We, right. uh, our mission at the company really is- every site optimized and we just really want to help people understand that you don't just need more eyeballs on your stuff you need to convert more of those eyeballs because okay. a 10 percent increase in sales or leads changes the, the same world. amount of
0: traffic
1: changes the world yeah
0: Midas, right? That 10% yep. bogey shift changes it from a winner, from a loser to a winner. And so I love that. And you and I talked about this idea. And I want to make sure we double down. This was something I really wanted to get to. I really want to make sure everyone hears us. Listen, mm-hmm. guys, it, one of the pieces of advice I'd given to Justin out in Chicago was give away value to people because you're going to get in return the people who want to invest in their business and work with you and anyone else who is just wanting to take information or think that somehow knowledge is only part to power, then you just give it to them, right? Let them have it. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't change a thing. And has that actually worked in uh, better engagements by having something like that on the front?
1: Yeah, it's, it's worked out tremendously for us. I mean, there's not, I mean, there's other companies out there like us, Yeah. you know, we're not the only people that do it, but a lot of people are charging big bucks for the same information. And it really only takes us about three, four hours maybe to put together an entire full bone analysis.
0: And that's a lot. Hey, listen, we, you know, we onboard clients here, fully accountable. We take on a big, you know, first month, but you, you know, I, what I was telling you, know, and I want everyone else to hear about this is you go out there with a big value mover, like providing information on someone's website and why things aren't working the way they want the ones who are going to invest are going to invest and the yes. ones who don't were the ones who weren't going to in the first place anyway so good for you man that is awesome and so or they
1: come back they come back two or three months later and realize how important it is
0: yeah like you know it's so funny you say that like we we have a client i was just talking to my business partner about an engagement we were considering taking on and and we gave them some information and they are going to go try it themselves yeah and great we aren't even mad about that because that's helped us, but we know what's gonna happen. They're under-resourced, ill-equipped, and they're gonna come back a few months from now and you know, we're not gonna be mad at them, we're not gonna charge them a stupid tax. We're just gonna love yeah. them because they woke up and realized something. So does that, that lead cycle happens as well for you guys?
1: Yeah, absolutely, all the time.
0: Amazing, it's amazing. What's the hardest part of the business right now? People. <laughs> Go ahead, dive in a little deeper on that.
1: <laughs> um, we've been very fortunate to have a lot of very smart people come to work for us um but as we have gotten bigger yeah uh, you know we've grown 800 some percent in the last two years so it's finding more and more quality talent specifically more so that we have brought more people in-house um you know we've got a big office we do do all that fancy stuff um so it's really finding those right people in our backyard. Luckily, we live in Austin, Texas, where it's, you know, tech hub and we've got a lot of very smart people here. So, it's not that bad, but it's that scalability factor and then obviously keeping costs in check when you're hiring more people.
0: Yeah, I mean, a service business is that kind of, you know, three in, two out, four in, Mm -hmm. one out. I mean, I think we got to get comfortable with the fact that it's always going to be what a service company is. And what can you do to productize or do some other things? Have you thought about that inside the business? Like what do you do to, t- to round the edges on it? Because I, I don't think we get rid of the, the breakage in a service company. So what do we do to add other things to reduce the effect of the breakage?
1: Yeah, I mean we came out with a training program that's really kind of helped the people that don't really want us to help full blown but they want to get our philosophies and our ideas. So, you're, um,
0: you're training someone internally?
1: Yeah, we've got that where they can pay and we've also got the additional, you know, kind of, we position it a little bit more like training kind of, again, a conversation that you and I had yeah. at dinner in San Diego. But… How's it that was, working? Or is that just starting our, now? Uh, no, we've been we've been doing it kind of half-hazardly, half-hazardly kind of, you know. Good job not swearing there. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know, you haven't really
0: devoted any real effort to doing that with like laser focus. That's just kind of happening a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of happening. But one thing that we really did late last year is we were very competitive on the pricing and everything for the service. But late last year, Manish and I sat down and it's like, all right, what's the stupid offer we can make? <laughs> like, what's the absolute no-brainer? Because you talked about that four in three yeah, out right be But if When you're at a higher price point and a lower volume of clients losing one client hurts a little bit more than buddy Uh, so we said what can we do to kind of make it a stupid offer and kind of make it up a little more so in volume but still keep our same level of service so better part of december we basically did went through the entire business and came up with that so we ended up being much more affordable than the majority of the solutions out there, and it 's worked well for us because yeah, if we' one client or we don 't get that engagement extension for some you know who knows reason um, it doesn 't hurt quite as bad on you know as far as the accounting side of things and the business right. side of
0: it. yeah, you know it 's funny i i 'm here at fully accountable we're we're we 're not shifting gears we love what we do, but we realize that the most you know there were some major studies done and why service firms, um, specifically in, in my industry, why they're fired, or why people move to different firms. And I, this Slater group did this amazing study and Harvard did one, and they came back with very similar results that 74% of the time why a service company, and, and maybe even an accounting company, why you switch in like an agency, is because there's not enough proactive advice. It's all reactive, or it's historical, and it's, it's kind of like this need-based, need not want-based relationship. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that I'm you're going to see me speak a lot more about and and we're really doubling down on is helping service companies be actually more of a trusted advisor. So I'm going to stay at conversion fanatics because you're doing the block and tackle work and helping us, but you're actually someone I'm going to go to when I want to make some major decision in marketing, because you're taking a role of being more my trusted advisor and you're helping to holistically think about the business, not just do the block and tackle work. And I'll tell you, I think as technology gets bigger and better and faster and um, race to the bottom on, on, on things that are, are more accessible, I think the people who get collaboration and trusted advisor in their service model are going to be the ones who stay through commoditization of technology. And I wonder what your thoughts are about that.
1: Yeah, I I think that's part of the reason why we've been able to grow so much is we take, you know, we heard the horror stories, people hire an agency, they don't hear from them for two weeks and then they come around and they'd be like, oh, they give us a few ideas and then we don't hear from them again for another two weeks. So we said, how could we really disrupt that and be able to, be proactive part of their business. So we're very proactive in our communication. We're very proactive in our ideation and our strategy to really help our clients. And we actually care about our clients' results. You know, We meet on it as a whole. The entire team meets on every client campaign every week. We have biweekly phone calls with clients. We update on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays on stats. You know, We just really try to, if there's something to report or something to be said, we say it so. A lot of clients okay. have kind of embraced that as far as our our strategy, and really embraced that we are that trusted advisor. You know, I'm having a meeting uh, tomorrow with one of our clients, CMOs, that emailed me and saying, "Oh, you mentioned something in our initial conversation. I want to dig De- deeper into that. Back. Cool. Go deeper. So we're getting more and more of that, um, awesome. and they ask us our opinions quite often.
0: I'll tell you, we um we got a uh- I think it may have been, I don't remember the last couple of days here. We get this some, some of this stuff all the time, but you know, here even if fully accountable, we can get in trouble just doing the work we promised we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And like in our space, it's probably no different, just a different what you're focusing on. But in our space, people think they need accounting. Yeah. But actually when they're done, they really want proactive financial advice. They want a finance department who's going to budget project look ahead, give some advice. They really want accounting. They want financial advice and they want, they want a finance department. I, I suspect in, in your agency, they, they don't really want automation. They want someone who's helping them with their, their, their message, Making sure they're with the right audience—it's not always just about conversion, right? That's the thing that's there, but—and we need conversion. But if—if if the issue is like they're with the wrong market, or they're—they're they're trying to sell a great product to the wrong people, or the right people in the wrong product—it's like this proactive activity. Like one of the things we—and why I'm rambling on with you—is one of the things we're doing now is we're—we're—we got to get the reports out. We got to do your accounting, but we actually pump in like a little bit of proactive advice, like a controller would do when they're working day-to-day in the business. What are some of the things you're doing as an agency to offer that proactive advice? And what I want everyone to know out there is I think as a service company, the more, even if you actually don't necessarily I want to say this with with complete humility. Let's say you don't deliver on your core promise, but you delivered on your proactive approach to the business. I bet your clients would be happier. Now, I think you got to deliver on your core promise and find a way to do that. But I bet if we had the luxury to test clients on clients, I bet if you did more proactive and less reactive work, you'd have a happier client base. And how are you guys dealing with that?
1: Um, I mean, like I said, we're very proactive, so, yeah. but we do have clients that stick around that they just fall off the face of the earth or they switch objectives or, you know, whatever they want to do, but they're still engaged with us. Yeah, in right. yeah. We're not actively split testing and doing conversions and doing those things, but we're helping advise them. I mean, yeah. we have one client that just renewed again. We've been with them for two and a half years and the first year was full blown, you know, hundred plus. Oh, yeah. and everything. And then it kind of, they had some over some turnover and, you know, it just keeps going now. Now they want to get back into the actually testing instead of us just being kind of the advisor on things. Awesome. Um, But yeah, I mean, conversions is really just the vehicle (laughs) as which we kind of help them, you know, in split testing. So we don't really, you know, we test offers, we test switching things up quite often, you know, to really help them and kind of be an integral part of their team instead of just some third party out here.
0: So let's let's do a monumental shift, business partnership, and I don't mean external. I mean the one you have with your Pally wally. You two own the yeah. business together. Let's 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 dive under the hood. Give okay. it a percentage. How often are you two on the same page? Daily. No, no, I don't mean connecting and talking. I mean no. how often are you actually? All right, let's ask it a better way. When you're not in agreement on something, how do you deal with that?
1: Um, well. We started this company a little different because we both come out of partnerships that weren't, I guess, the most favorable. Well, you were Um, divorced.
0: You're divorced people getting remarried. I get it. Yeah. So,
1: we said, let's go in no ego. Just do what we can. Play off each other's strengths. And Mm -hmm. luckily, we haven't had any major disagreement in three plus years.
0: Nice. And so, when Mm -hmm. you do fight a little bit, how do you deal with it?
1: Um, we just talk it through. It'd be logical. I mean, luckily, I mean, you know, my business partner. So he, he's very logical and very processes and systems oriented. And yeah, me, see. I'm the I'm the ready fire aim guy. Let's just go break stuff. Um, <laughs> Wreck and, it Ralph. Yeah, and we 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 balance each other very well that way That's because awesome. I, I break stuff and then he helps clean up the mess.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, I had a partnership that was more of you and I together, and we were both like, let's go yeah. chase the world, and there was not a maniche. That was like a little bit more logical, talk me back. So it's that's destined to have, I mean, it's not going to be good as, as good as your partnership with your wife, but it's a great yeah. second partnership. Hopefully this one doesn't have the intimacy that your wife has. <laughs> yeah, That would be creepy. But, but assuming all that, like, so where, who usually is the one that makes up? Who's the peacemaker? Um, me, probably. Yeah, makes sense, right? The one who's a little bit more of a gunslinger tends to be, are you a peacemaker at home too?
1: Try to be, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's my talent. My wife uh, I always say, Debbie, here's one for you. I always say she'll take a long time to come around to uh, a sorry or an apology. But my business partners are like that. And I, you know why I think that is? I think you align your personality no different than when you found your wife. You found a business yeah. partner that compliments you in a certain way. And you had to strike out a few times. And the reason yeah. I'm bringing up this subject, for everyone listening out there, you know, the only commitment you've promised a covenant in your life is your marriage everything else, you know, is a fluid relationship. And so, you're going to strike out sometimes in a partnership. And, you know, the average partnership doesn't even last as long as a job, which is three years now in America. So, you're past the curve, buddy. Three and a half yeah. years. You guys I are mean, rolling.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we've been very fortunate that we just really play off each other's strengths and it it's worked out really well. That's I mean, one,
0: that's wonderful. It's wonderful. You know, we really
1: haven't had any, you know, major fall downs or anything like that. I mean, awesome. we just, just, it's it out and it's, it's worked, it's worked extremely well.
0: So let's say somebody can't, let's go ahead and let's, let's, let's give some people some stuff now, now that we've gotten all like, oh my gosh, my partnership sucks and holy cow, what am I going to do? <laughs> so let's, let's feed our community a little bit. So let's say right now they're not ready to hire you just because they don't know you or they haven't looked under the, yeah. what, what's one or two real good hacks you would encourage somebody to do right now in their business that's kind of like falls in line with what you do for people? What's the one or two things you tell them to do right now in their
1: business? Pay attention to your data, your okay. visitor data. Like what are your visitors actually telling you? Um, Google came out with a study not too long ago that said like 95% of companies have some kind of analytics on their site. Um, 95%. But than, yeah, But less than 30% actually do anything with that data. I mean, when's the last it's time? even lower they, than
0: that. They're just playing nice. It's probably like less than 20%.
1: But when's the last time you logged into your analytics account? <laughs> I mean, for visitors or people watching this.
0: All right, so, then, uh, so then they can do even another thing, right? So couldn't, like, let's just say I, I don't go look at analytics and all that. I could pick up the phone and call clients or survey yeah. them. Right, that's data, right? Go, yeah. so your first piece of advice is go either get some data or look at the data you have in order to make some decisions in your company. Right. Yeah.
1: Find out where your visitors are at, where they're falling off, where they're going, what brought them to your site in the first place. And you'll a simple ask um, if you don't have the user data and you're not leveraging things like heat maps or click maps or video recordings is just look and see where people are at and they're going to tell you exactly what's wrong. They're good
0: every time. And we did this in our onboarding process. So so for everyone out there, that's just such good advice. Look at your data. And it's going to come. Some of you might have Google Analytics. Some of you might just have like an Infusionsoft account. I mean, it's going to come so many ways. But we did this in our onboarding process. And we found a hole where people were at the kind of proposal stage. And what we did is we dressed it. And guess what? We have more proposals closing because we just jumped right on that hole. And so that's what you're talking about, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's everything, any area you can find for friction in your business.
0: I love it. That's yeah.
1: it. And that's all conversion optimization really is. It's just holding that visitor by the hand and leading them where you want them to go. All and right, so let's have, say I
0: look at the data, find yeah. some, what would be your next step? What would you do?
1: So finding where that key friction point is. And then I developed a test hypothesis around that. So okay, so the, whoa, whoa, that's big. So wait a minute. Yep.
0: This is where people get freaked out, right? Oh my gosh, yep. Justin, I totally get it. I got a test. I got to find this gigantic place where everyone falls off. And then you come out with this scientific language <laughs> that just freaked me out. But now that I start my hypothesis. Break that down a little bit.
1: What do you so, mean? So basically, I use the big word hypothesis. Yes. I love it. All I, scientific. I, by the
0: way, I, I'm teasing just for our crowd because I know. I believe everything's got to be about a hypothesis and our job is to be the scientist. I'm with you. But let's, yep. let's help everybody so,
1: my hypothesis is, I mean, I'll back up a little bit. So you can make a list of 100 things you want to test. Yep. That's great. But why are you yeah. testing those things? Love it. That's really all the test hypothesis is. So what what you're going to test, why you're testing it, and what's your expected outcome. Love it. And, you know, say, oh, I want to reduce the band and cart rate by 20%, and I think I can do it by these five things if I tested these five things. So we'll just really break it down as to why. Because if you make a list of 100 things that you want to test, it's not just going to go down the list. I mean, you're just throwing darts at a dartboard at that point. You're not having an educated reason why you're testing something. I mean, what's the reason why you're testing a red button versus a green button? You know, nobody really cares that it's red or green but why are you testing that? Oh, I think it'll add some contrast to the page, which will bring, draw the eye to the call to action, and it'll push visitors to where I want them to go. That's more in line with the call to action. And gotcha. uh, that's right. All right, cool. So check your data, find your friction point,
0: get a stated reason as to why you're doing it. I'll mm-hmm. tell you, can I switch another big thing? Why would I get your permission now? I've been all over the place. Yeah, it's all good. Toilet bowl marketing. Yeah. The premise is this. Here's the hypothesis. We spend a whole bunch of money, then we start asking better questions.
1: Yeah.
0: How can we deal with that? And by the way, I think those three things are there. I get it. Check your data. Do your thing. Have your hypothesis. You know, one of the things we're doing here at at our business is once we give owners like you and I information with which to make decisions, I see less toilet bowl marketing. How... What are are you guys doing to help stop toilet bowl marketing, which is flush money down the toilet, then make decisions?
1: Uh, I mean, it is just through the whole entire optimization process because you can. I mean, we had one client that was, or one potential client about a year or so ago. Their their annual budget was $75 million. Mm. Last time they ran a single split test was well over a year. And they just said, oh, it's, it's returning money. They didn't really care, but they had a 75, you know, or whatever, $75 million budget. Another very, very large company. They asked, well, why are you, um, we're getting beat up on display advertising. So we looked, one of their nearest competitors was 40 times more effective on display than they were, but it was a reseller partner of theirs. So they're giving up all their profit to this reseller partner advertising on the same channels and getting absolutely destroyed all because they had a different marketing message. So Hmm. they were just spending money because they had it. Toilet bowl marketing.
0: There it is right there.
1: If you come from a math based, you know, and you really look at those numbers. I mean, I think that conversion rate is really a relative number.
0: Yeah. Conversion to what? Like I get a whole bunch of leads, but I'm not making any money. What the heck does that even mean? Right. Yeah,
1: and, And you can increase your front end conversion and make less money. So, (laughs) Well, I got a whole
0: new book coming out called False Profits. And the tagline is the top line doesn't pay you, right? And so I'm excited about launching that book. It's all about this. And my shameless plug about math, math makes marketing fun. I always say Mm -hmm. if you can turn marketing into a metrics-driven analysis, our job gets a lot more fun. And there's no reason today with technology why we're guessing at marketing. We should actually let numbers rule. The problem is a soft flip floppy marketers still like to play with copy and blah, blah, blah. it's like still yeah. a soft science. I get it, but the more we can rely on the CFO controller mindset inside of marketing home run. All right, got a question for you. I want to switch to another.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: What are you personally struggling with the most in the business other than people?
1: What am I personally struggling with most in the people? No, um, not with
0: people in the business.
1: No other than people. Um, because I'll tell you for
0: me, I, I always inherently struggle that we have not grown. Like I have this, pro, I've been telling my friends and then here I go, I'm being like, I'll go ahead and lay it out there to the world. I always want to be double the size of what we currently are. I'm, I lack this ability to be content with what we're doing now and keep building it. And so I'll just throw that out there to you. So like, yeah, what are you struggling with?
1: that's similar to what ours is because we've seen the client base grow. We've yeah. seen everything else grow, but the bottom line hasn't grown necessarily with it um because we're in a heavy people yeah business um that right, yeah that's that's everybody. one thing i struggle with
0: i've got justin christensen the owner and co-founder of conversion fanatics all the links are here you'll see them down below but if we want to find you we go right to conversion and we can get you
1: yep that's me How about
0: social media where do you want people to find you on that
1: um, easiest way is to go to Clickso So dot com slash Justin Christiansen, and, and all my social links are there.
0: Gotcha. Cool. And that's a great place to find you. I appreciate you sharing your gift and you have a gift. It's says free conversion analysis. If they want to take advantage of that, how are they going to get to take advantage of that?
1: Uh, just go to conversion fanatics.com. It's right on the homepage awesome. and they can just fill out the form you. and we'll reach out directly and schedule a time to chat to see what you got going on.
0: I love it. All right. What's one little tidbit you want to leave your crew with the world? I, your my crew, actually mostly who's listening and watching. What do you want to leave it as your parting comment?
1: Don't let a single day go by that you're not trying to gather more intel through optimization and trying to make things better. Try to beat your high score from yesterday.
0: Ooh, ooh. Can we? You know, so I heard a guy say something once, and it's been my favorite thing. I don't know if you know a guy, um, Rory Vaden. Uh, is that his name? No, I, think. I don't know that name. He, he came up with this statement. I've in my arrogance have made it better, but something like, you know, success in business is like rent for your building. It's due the next day. And mm-hmm. I always say, Hey, you can't rest on yesterday's success. The rent's due again tomorrow. So you're saying, Whoa, just because you put up 20 points last night, doesn't mean you shouldn't put up 22 tomorrow.
1: Well, you're wearing a Cavs shirt. Same thing. If, doesn't LeBron, that game. if
0: LeBron lays an egg now, you know, we're not repeating. Right. And so, <laughs> you know, you get, you rent is due. So, I love that. So, what? repeat that advice in our clothes for everybody.
1: So, try to beat your high score from yesterday. Um, I'll leave you with a quote, actually. It came from Eric Graham. He said, conversion optimization is like a video game, except for high score, you make more money.
0: Eric, I like that cat. That's cool. He's always nice. saying some fun stuff. He beats up on coaches a little much. But other than that, I really like his stuff. Eric, there's a shout out for you. Um, I know he watches our stuff. So, hey, Justin, it's been great today, bud. I really appreciate you being on the show. Um, thanks for having me. If you want to check out more about it, that book, by the way, you wrote is good. It's not okay. just like a little business card. I know you built it, but if, if you really want to understand some of this attitude about why to test, get inside Conversion Fanatic. It's good. I like the cover, and I, I know our buddy who's got that painting behind you, Rob Cicades, did all that. Yeah. And so there's a shout out to you, Rob. But Justin, thanks for being on the show today, bud.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Vinny. Appreciate it.